Hello. 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 Oh, hello. How are you? <laughs> hello. I might have a mix issue. Uh oh. Uh, Am I hot? Uh, yes. Am I too hot? I also have that thing where my uvula is a little swollen again. Your who? My uvula. <laughs> my oh, uvula. Your, your uvula is swollen. A little swollen. Also, I'm not in character yet. I was I was ready. You know, I didn't make any scratchy, muffly noises at the top. I had my mic in my hand well, already. You know what? You're gonna get. You're gonna get that opportunity. Oh. You're gonna get that opportunity because I think we're gonna keep this in, and and then we're gonna really, uh, really start the show. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into character. I haven't had anything to drink yet. Have you? Know. you have you? I didn't have, have time you, for an iced tea. All I've got is a seltzer. Do you want to stretch your uvula? Mm-mm, mm-mm. Okay. All right. I think I right. need to apply uh, probably like a cold. Con- oh. <laughs> oh my god! It's suddenly become, <laughs> become a little Semitic. Ahmed. Um. Ready? But you want, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, we're going to keep all this in. Don't worry. Oh, sure, sure, sure. What's in the show is in the show, but you do want to, like, but I come appreciate, in swinging. Oh, yeah, but I do appreciate the fact that you understand, acknowledge, mm-hmm. and celebrate mm-hmm. the fact that, that there is a show and that mm-hmm. whatever's in it is in it. You do understand mm-hmm. that, right? Okay, <laughs> it's going to be a brief, uh, what you musicians call it, Sashura. Oh, of they sil- do? No, 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 it's okay. I'll add the silence. I have that technology. Okay. All right. So you're going to add some some assurance. I'll add it. <laughs> listen, listen. If you want to mm-hmm. ensure that something happens, that's with an e. I'm not saying this to you. I know you know this. If you want to talk about something uh, where you you engage an actuarial firm to uh, do some kind of uh, payment in the event that something happens or doesn't happen in the world, that's called betting or insurance with an i. Insurance. What yeah. about they prefer so you call we, it gaming? Actually, we have insurance, insurance. But what about Insurance. That that's when it's that's when it precedes something that you insure that has uh, begins with a vowel. Right. English is so tricky. It really is. Also, yeah. uh, I don't know what allegiant is, but that's the place where they played football last night. Oh, and, well, I uh, thought that insure was something that made you <clears throat> regular. No, no, I don't think so. I think insure is basically like creamy creamy pedialyte for retirees. Creamy Pedialyte for retirees. And yeah, Pedialyte I got, so I got is something... I was in the hospital, John. Is that... Uh, Pedialyte is something you give babies? Pedialyte... Oh, boy. It has Pedia right in it. it this is going to involve feeding a child. Is that going to be okay? Okay, yeah. <laughs> listen, listen, <laughs> I'm I'm fine. If memory serves, your, your recent stance on this is something along the lines of... Uh, bring it. Yeah, what can they do? What can they do to me now? But also, what are you going to do? Take away my career? <laughs> children have to be fed. I continue to feed a child three times a day. Is it have, chi- it's your child. Have for the last, well, no, it's a whole bunch of urchins that I bring in from the street, oh but my also God. my child. Actually, now I have made such a good relationship with uh, Child Protective Services when they came to interview me that they said, you know what? We're going to start bringing you children. Oh, my. You seem like a great dad. What a wonderful story. Yeah. Uh, we'll start the show in a second. It's going to be the full show. It's going to have the opening and everything. It'll be in a second. I'm not in okay. character yet. Um, <clears throat> now, now, It was really nice because they it's were It's a nice like, story, though, John, because yeah. it really says, you know, 
we, we owe you an apology, John. We we took some <laughs> some some random internet weirdo calling us, and we turned it into a. Can I ask twelve, you, twelve, twelve plus random internet weird, weirdos? Mm-hmm. Let's be clear. I think it's probably one internet. I don't. I'm not good at order of operations. I think it's one internet weirdo times eleven in paren plus their mom. Yeah, well, have you called yet, Mom? The thing is, the kids that they bring me are only kids whose parents have been canceled on Twitter, and so it's been dropping off. Right at first, it was a lot. This has to be the show, and I fucked it up because I'm not in character yet. No, no, no. You get we we can. John, did you serve snacks at all? Did you did you uh, offer when they you knew they were? I mean, there wasn't something where they banged on the door like the SS or something. No, 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 no. And the thing is, you know, they're very professional, so it was like snacks, and they're like, listen. We don't want to be swayed in our ultimate determination by, you know, by any kind of what might be interpreted as a bribe. Maybe you should have just bribe. come into my home like this. Well, no, but they're, they're just doing their jobs, you know. They're just doing... Are you saying they're like cops if cops were good? Like they would have come in and actually like capture the facts and, and make a determination? You know, social service is actually a whole career field. They and they're so hard. They they're so nothing hard. at all like cops. No, I know. Uh, what I'm trying to do is I'm looking for opportunities here. You know? Yeah, well, opportunity stakes. Mm-hmm. I've made a lot of those. Yeah. And now I face the final curtain. <laughs> you know, the thing is, cans, you Film know, festival. he hates these cans. He, he hates, hates these cans. Yeah, he does. But also, cans are how we're going to make it through the pocky lips. Yeah. Right? So it's oh, just then who's like, going to be laughing? I couldn't, I couldn't get rid <laughs> the of the kid can. doesn't know how to open a can. The house oh, is full oh, of How ironic. Still. I guess and, your kid's canceled. <laughs> Every single day, somebody pulls a can out of a cupboard somewhere and yeah. then wags it at me like waka waka waka, and I'm like, yeah, there it is. That's Another new daddy. Can. What happens when the pocky comes? What okay. happens? How My is daughter food? loves it. How? She's, you know she what puts, she is? She's John. No, no, who's the little kid with the floppy hair? She's uh, Edward Furlong. She's like, she's the one now. Who's going to be, you know, how, how I refer, it's, it's time travel, and I don't want to talk about that. Sure, sure, sure. No. But, right, and that's going to happen is, or or she's, I'm trying to think of a movie that I enjoy where the child uh, becomes important. I think there's several like that. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh, Damien. What about uh, The Exorcist? Yeah, so she's going to be your omen, too. Yeah. Or yeah. omen also. I, all I, I'm sitting in a chair just, just you know, idly reading a book, and then all of a sudden she comes in and puts a can of beans on my head and laughs. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm glad the internet gave you so much to, to enjoy. Yeah, in addition to uh, the ability to have clothes and a place to live. Although it, the internet took a lot from her, too, let's be honest. I went on Twitter the other day. Oh, There's nothing know. there. There's nothing there. Is it just, is it not even, tum- the tumbleweeds have left. It's all, it's all ads. You can't distinguish ads, even in comment sections. Like somebody was like, yeah. and the thing is, it <clears throat> it feels like, remember those in the internet when there, there were like bum fights? Do you remember bum fights? I do remember bum. I've never seen bum fight, but I, I know about bum fights. And this is a thing where people would use their home video. I'm not in character yet. <clears throat> they would do their, use their home video recording equipment. And, and the idea was that nominally they had just paid two unhoused males assigned assigned unhoused at birth men to uh to have some kind of a fight with an yeah. offer that one of you will receive a cash prize if you're the bum who wins the fight correct yeah like that tw- on the tw- 20 bucks or 20 whatever bucks, yeah. yeah it was you know it's gross and there's so much of that probably gave it to him. it was like a roll of quarters just to just to be a dick yeah exactly like yeah yeah nine rolls of quarters yeah, like you here you do, go you buddy. Do laundry <laughs> with this yeah <laughs> or nine rolls of nickels 
but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was, th- there was, you know, there was all that gross stuff and now it seems like Twitter, you know, it, Twitter used to be, uh, if somebody was going to show a video of some kind of car crash, it was always like, ha ha ha, something funny happens. Nobody's hurt. Like those, those cars that get stuck under that one overpass. On the, 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 the overpass. Trucks. That's right. Yeah. The trucks that bang in. And I was going scrolling down Twitter and it was like, wait a minute, that was a fatal accident. That was a fatal. You just showed a car crash that was yeah, a fatal accident. This is why my accident. time on Russian dashboard cam uh, Twitter or, or Russian yeah. dashboard cam YouTube rather um, existed for only three and maybe one eighth videos. The, it went very quickly from like yakety sax type haha things <laughs> into like here's sixteen deadly motor crash, motor motorcycle fails. There are two great Russian you can see dash the blood cam from where the helmet would have been. One of it was when that, when that comet came, and every vehicle in Russia has a dash cam, and there was that massive comet that just lit up the sky, and there were 40 different videos of people just minding their own business, driving down the street, oh, and then so all of a cool. sudden, it's like, end of the world. And people then people that, overlook the good parts of a panopticon. There's the other one. Full coverage. Where somebody in a really fast motorcycle, uh, there's, a, there's a car that slams on its brakes, and the motorcycle hits the back of the car, and the motorcycle rider does a full front flip over the top of the car, oh and God. somehow, as the car is slowing down and the motorcycle hits it and is slowing down, the rider front flips, slides off the hood, the car comes to a stop, and the motorcyclist is on, standing on his feet, just like, and it all. I, I thought it was going to be that that he got he hit the back and then did some kind of improbable night rider defiance of physics and was able to like actually be run over by the car but he landed on the car like iron man he 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 hit it in a way that it would have killed him except a that the car man. was still in motion enough to absorb his impact energy yeah. and then thank you isaac newton slow down but everything's still slowing down and he's just like walks off the front of it and he just sort of turns around like i'm fine it was a massive wreck but somehow i'm fine really Amazing. But then you're right. Oh, it's all fatal crashes after that. I, what I, was I hurt my cr- back for a week taking out the recycling a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Those are small muscles, you know, when you've got to, like, maneuver, like, uh, through a door. I know, I know. Yeah. Bending down and picking up a piece of paper is hazardous past a certain age. Well, yeah, I think you got to know. you got you got to know. you got to yeah. know, and you have to understand, you have to accept and operationalize the fact that your body's not, what, you're not Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. You're not. You're not Wolverine. You don't heal. You don't mm-hmm. have a healing factor. You don't have nope. a potion. There's no cleric in evidence. You can't escape from a zoo, even if you're locked in it anymore. You have to spend we're the watching, night there. We we're watching sports last night, and yeah. um, one of the guys playing sports. Uh, I'm not saying this to make fun of the guy because Matt and I were both like, "Oh God, this sucks." A guy who's like a, a pretty good player for one of the sports teams, and he's just you know jogging out onto the field after I think like a kick. You know, defense goes out, offense, whatever, and he comes in and he tripped and fell down. On, oh. Like on in that the little doop 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 kind of amble out, yeah, yeah, and he pulled his Achilles like an oopsie daisy, oopsie daisy in the Super Bowl. <clears throat> he he pulled his he hurt his Achilles and he's out of the game. That was the end for him. Oh, but somebody he's, else in Russia can land on a motorcycle. Did he still get a ring or was he on the other team? You get a whole snow cone even if you play half a game. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had an interesting morning. Do we start the show? Uh, oh yeah 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 okay, okay. <clears throat> I'm ready. <clears throat> How's your uvula? Hello. Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. Hey, how's it going, man? 
Oh, super dupes. Oh, super man. Dupes. Yeah. <clears throat> How are you? Fantastic. Just, you know. Uh, yeah. No, no, I do. No, I'm, I'm doing I'm really, really. It's so it's very Monday. I'm good. Good. You want to know? You want to know how? You want to know something that happened to me this morning? Yes, please. So, you know, I have my furnace set to go down to sixty in the night because you know sixty is not exactly a freezing cold house, but it's you know saves energy while you're sleeping. So, just so, just in terms of the uh, user experience, the people who are at your home, including you, what they're experiencing is that uh, it will not make the another way to put this is it can't make the house warmer than 60 regardless of what's happening outside yes what happens you set the summer that's, that's kind of camping 60. weather for people who are trying to sleep well but it's nice because you cuddle up in your blankies and then it's a little cool in the room i think your body likes it, body oh, likes I, it. I, I love it i'm just saying there are other people in this world who are like no way is this going to be under like 68 yeah, right. And the thing is, there are people I know. I know a gal who has her thermostat set to fifty, and because she's a little bit Scottish and she doesn't want to. Mm, I've she, I've read about them. Yeah, she doesn't want to heat up the world. And I'm I've like, come about, on. I've read about the penury of the Scots. Yeah, we live in a society. We do. Like like, like turn not. turn up your freaking thing a little bit. But so it goes down to sixty, and then in the day I I pump it up to sixty eight, or if I'm feeling a chill, I go to seventy. And but. So I have programmed, I do not have one of your fancy Matt Howie uh, thermostats. Right, right. I have, a, I have an old-fashioned one. You got a Honeywell? Buttons. Yeah, probably something like that. So it's, it. you know, it's hardwired well, yeah. in. Oh, yeah. Well, are you kidding me? We couldn't have any of those. We're on the wiring for it. Yeah, exactly. So um, so what I the, the problem is that I live an, un, an unscheduled life. Sometimes I'm up really late. Sometimes I wake up in the morning, I leave the house immediately. Sometimes I'm here all day. And so I have programmed the thermostat at various times during the day to go off and go back to 60. I used to do this in the 90s. In the 90s, I got one of those thermostats where you could have, it had like basically four things. It was an on, off, and an on, off, right? So you could say like, and that was it. But you could say at 9 a.m. when everybody's gone to work, bring it down lower and then when we when like a three or four when people are going to start coming home after a while you warm it up right that you warm it up chris yeah that's the premise right and so so what happens is i'll be sitting here in the house sometimes and <laughs> and all of a sudden i'm like cold and i go oh right i left the furnace off and so I go over and I punch it up. But then other times I'll be gone during the day and I'm confident that at some point the furnace turned off because I forgot. Well, like, to for example, if your mom had to let herself in to like do something, she's, she's there during the, uh, the frigid times. But she would never turn the furnace on for any reason. My mom just leaves her hat on because she's a little bit Scottish. Mm -hmm. But the problem is I also have the furnace set to go off multiple other times in the day and one of those times is three o'clock in the morning because i know that normally by three i should be in bed and if i have been up and i've left the furnace on i know three o'clock is a hard out but last night i was up a little bit later i i, I bumped up the furnace and somehow it i missed the three o'clock shut off this happens, you know, not all the time, but every once in a while. So I woke up this morning and I could feel in the bathroom, oh, I left the furnace on. It's 70 degrees. In oh, you like you walked past the blower. 
You can see yeah, that. it didn't need yeah. to be 70 degrees all mm-hmm. night. I'm just, I'm I had just this, using I had energy. this morning. It was, it was crazy. It was, <clears throat> it was really like I was walking through some kind of like a, a chemical uh, containment thing. I walked by, whoa, and you could feel that there's that blast. <laughs> and you're like, oh man, that's just, they're just shooting money at me. It's just shooting money. Exactly. Yeah. So I come out and I'm like, you know, it's okay. The house is warm. It couldn't have been, you know, it couldn't have been that bad. It's how much extra energy are you using? You know, enough, but yeah. Because I'm a little bit Scottish. Yeah. I walk out and somehow the front door has been open all night. Huh. I went out, took the trash out in the middle of the night. I came back. My front door, not to give any listeners any ideas if they're like professional burglars who love our show mm-hmm. and are like, I'm, but you know what? I am as God made me. It's like a scorpion on the back of a frog or whatever. Right. Right. Don't be that. Don't be that burglar. I think what you're saying is you can't change a frog. There you go. Or sorry, you can't. You can't, you can't what is the other one? You can't change a scorpion. Can't change a scorpion. It's in his nature. Yeah. If it's you're a burglar, says. just direct your burglaring attention to other people. More. They say the best way to not get robbed is to make you feel less appealing than other places. So just lock in your door, as my friend Chris's dad used to say, it keeps the honest people honest. They're going to go find some sap who didn't lock their door. They're going to find a sap. And the only reason a burglar would come in here is if they really needed some Civil War medals. And I doubt most of you do. So That's pretty specific. But so the front door of my house, uh, architect Ben King, who has been here and and looked around kind of has given me the suggestion that the front door of my house has been repurposed from an old elementary school because it's glass and there are two doors (laughs) and if you want you can open them both wait like like a door to the school yeah it's a double door from a school that somebody put in there's a like the kind where two handles you would open like a person back in the day yeah, except it has like a doors. library, like a library, like two doors. You open them, and then they open up, and you walk in. They're glass. They got handles. Open out, and then when you leave, you push to leave. And it's and it's frosted glass. <clears throat> no, but it's been flipped around so it opens in like a normal door. That's clever. But anyway, it's a it's not your typical door for a yeah. house, and it doesn't always. It, it you shut it, and it will kind of click, but it didn't really click. Mm. And so, sometimes it's got a little bit of bounce where the catch doesn't make it. Like if yeah. you're like kind of doing it with your elbow, so I don't, I, it depends. It depends. I don't know what your door is like. All doors are different. They are. But and, no. and you know, oh. you know what? I'm thankful. <clears throat> Do you think it makes you more mindful about doors? Every making sure you close door it. Door is sacred. Mm-hmm. It does. God, I'm it's quite irate. I'm much more mindful. But in this case, and I, the thing is, I don't know whether that door opened 20 minutes before I woke up. You found the most plausible way to under, under, understand or explain the door if it was you who did it. That doesn't mean it is decisive, but if you say, if I were the one who was responsible for that, which you probably were, this mm-hmm. is probably how it happened. Yes. And, <clears throat> and I also have a, a kind of a litmus for, has my house been burgled? Did the possum distract me? It, are all my silver doorstops gone? Mm-hmm. And w- the way that I do that is I leave a guitar in the living room. So when I wake up and the door is open, not that this has happened many times, but I, if I immediately go into like, you know, karate chop mode and I'm like, okay, there's burglars in the house who have taken all of my passports. Now I've got to go room to room, you know, in like uh, high alert. Mm-hmm. But when I walk in and there's a, and there's a telecaster sitting there, I know there's no burglar in the world that could pass it up. It's like a bait. 
And so if the Telecaster is still sitting there, I know what burglar is in here and went down to the laundry room. Like, I'm safe. There's no... There's no danger here. I had always heard, and I've done this a couple of times, I don't want to admit it, but like I heard if you want to, in a similar way, if you want to like, <clears throat> so you, you do what you can by like lock, quote, locking your door, right? Yeah. And like, you know, a determined person will get in. And But like, if you've got like what you're imagining is like a nut who's just trying to come in and get money for drugs, like they tell right. you on TV, mm-hmm. like, well, okay. So, but like even a Telecaster would be a lot to have defense. I've heard, I've heard put out like, a $20 bill or f- several $20 bills and put them right there. And oh. it, that a lot of, at least in the idea, like a, a TV set idea of how a dingling works is to go, oh, f- money, they grab that and then they leave. Which is right. less you, money than almost anything they stole would be, but you've given them the most fungible currency there is, which is Amer- the American dollar. That's, I thought you were going to say a bunch of rolls of nickels. No, no, that's for bum fights. Was oh, that part of this show? It's all part of the show. I think so. Anyway, so so then I had to confront the fact that James Bond puts a hair over it. James Bond in in Dr. No, if memory serves, when he checks into the hotel, he does several things. He's looking for for bugs, but he also takes a hair. He plucks a hair off his head, off his toupee, technically. And then uh, then he kind of puts it. You ever do anything like that? You ever put a piece of paper in in the door to see if it fell while you were gone? You know, it was always broken matchstick. I thought you close the door uh, on a matchstick and then you break it so it's you can't see it because other spies are going to know that tradecraft. Yes. But no, I have not ever felt, at no point in my life have I felt that someone was going to come into my house when I was gone for the, for the purpose of like rifling through my file cabinets. I've never felt like the Watergate Hotel. Oh, that you would get Daniel Ellsberg by somebody? Yeah, no, nobody's ever gonna. I've got no. I'm, I'm an open book, Merlin. I've got no secrets. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just burglars. And you're right. I should just take a piece of fishing line and and attach a twenty dollar bill to it right inside the door. So when you walk in, it's just right there. Woo-hoo. And you're like drugs, ghost money. I'm out. I'm out. Uh-huh. Because when when I finally got all my stuff back, <laughs> I was like like trick or treat or Passover. Kind of, uh-huh. you just you just have a little yeah. bowl there with um. I don't know if twenties is too much. A on the front. A mezuzah. Don't, don't steal my babies. That, uh, <laughs> is that the stick they they read the book with? The mezuzah. Yeah. No, the mezuzah is the little thing that. Gets oh, that's the little sideways the door. Yeah, yeah, the Larry David thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. so, so it's like no, no, no. We're, if you we're put happy. out a bowl of fives, like it was Halloween. Or, or Passover. Well, the thing is, a bowl of fives would be great anyway, because on your way out of the house, <laughs> you you'd need grab a five. <laughs> you'd always grab a five. Oh, a you know, five is a very five. good bill. It's great for a tip. It's, it's great, great for buying one item at a, at, a, at a Walgreens. You're never in that situation where you're like, oh, shit, I don't have any money. I forgot my wallet yesterday, and I needed to buy some things at Walgreens. And I thought, here's the thing. I'm pretty sure, you know, just sometimes Apple Pay, just whatever, for whatever reason, doesn't work. I thought, I've got my phone. I'll be fine. But you know what I did here at my mm-hmm. little Officina, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I grabbed a five. I've grabbed three fives, three and, fives. And, a, and a stack of ones. And oh, I thought oh. my plan is I can get all the stuff that I want to get if I can use my uh, Apple Pay. But if I can't, I got a backup plan. And can I just say the basis of my backup plan? Five dollar bills. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was. <clears throat> that also lets, I, that lets the air in. It lets it lets the uh, the burglars in. It lets the spooks in. Who knows how much money I spent last night Ooh. heating up the front yard 
to 70 degrees. I'm not paying to cool the out of doors. <laughs> and I'm like, I just, I walked around the house just Close like. that refrigerator door. <laughs> like, what's happening to me? I feel like Dick Van Dyke in the latest Mary Poppins movie where he's playing his old self as an old man. Oh. So, so. Oh, so wait, this is, wait. Wait, yeah. I, I thought I thought wow. Emmanuel Manuel Miranda was the was uh, the Dick. Wait, so the he, real he Dick was, Van Dyke is in the movie. The real Dick Van Dyke is in the new movie with the and, with the pretty woman, with the pretty with lady, the, with the pretty lady that's married to the to the, the, ding the dong. Yeah, to the director guy. Yeah, well, <clears throat> director guy. Sure, Jim, she's married. The guy, who's, the girl, who's, she, the lady, the the yeah, son, Emily the assigned, Blunt is married to Jim. Yes, Sign Poppins at birth, and she's married mm-hmm. uh, to guy from The Office. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know when you rewatch The Office, you feel a lot of sympathy for Dwight in a lot of ways. Jim's well, kind of an he, asshole. So I've I, so I've met, of course, I did a, a a couple of things with Dwight here in Seattle. He's a Seattleite. He's a member of the Baha'i Faith, and I was the his interlocutor when his book came out. We did a big presentation where I interviewed him on stage. Oh, and terrific. what he really he also wanted, does funny stuff. He does funny stuff on uh, Tim and Eric too. Like he'll do a funny thing. He's funny. Yeah. yeah, he's funny. The and, interviews with Billie and, Eilish, he, that's fun. He wanted to talk about Baha'i. And so a lot of people after the event were like mad on the internet because they wanted to see the funny man be funny. And he wanted to talk about his his faith. But but, I, if I, I could just give a slight reframe on that. A bunch of people showed up to to, to get what, what, what they thought was good. And, and he was there to say like, you know, this is an opportunity for me to talk about what I think is good. Yeah, and this is my that. book reading. There's worse then, things in this world than Baha'i people. Way worse. John Krasinski, yeah. when Ben Gibbard married Zoe Deschanel, he moved to Los Angeles and he <laughs> said, I'm leaving Seattle and I'm going to go down to Hollywood and I'm going to be a star who's living a star life with other stars and we're, and this is my new life. He's, you know, Gibbard is a hometown boy. He's a Northwesterner all the way, but he said at that point in his life, I'm going to go to Hollywood. Now, she can't be living in Seattle. That's no, 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 no. And and so that he went down there and he was became, she doing New Girl at the time? Probably no. It before was that. before that. Post Elf though. Post Elf. So okay. she's a star, but she's not a huge star yet. You know, she's like a, she's an indie darling. She's uh, a, she's uh, a same, manic same pixie with dream Ward? girl. Same with them Ward. Oh yeah, happened she was doing all that. Okay, yeah. ukuleles up and down. But so, but she's a, she's a legacy star, right? So so he's all of a sudden in all these parties with all these. You know, and, and just like their friends, their friend group are, are famous. The seeds like of trouble were there from the beginning, you know. But so he, at some point, decides, or doesn't decide. However, John Krasinski becomes his Hollywood best buddy. And so he and Krasinski are like pals now. They're palling around Hollywood. They're like high-fiving white guys. It's like part of his new life. And so then he and Zoe, they're, 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 oh, he and Zoe aren't married yet. They're boyfriend and girlfriend. Okay. And then he has the wedding there, but they get married in Seattle at a farm somewhere. And it was the craziest thing because all the guests of the wedding had to meet at this hotel, not say anything to anybody. We all had, we are all wearing white carnations or something. And then one by one, we went outside and like limos or whatever would pull up and we'd get in the limos going to a secret location. Mm-hmm. And it was all like, wow, this is real cool, like cloak and dagger. Because, you know, if it was Zoe Deschanel's wedding and their helicopters, it'd be bad. So this yeah, was yeah. how they were dealing with this in Seattle. Now, in Seattle, there's not, you know, helicopters can't even fly because it's the, it's too foggy. Yeah. But uh, but so we all go out to the thing. They love that stuff in L.A. 
Yeah, that's right. This yeah. was a very L.A. You're gonna event. have to adapt. You're gonna have Here to. This Seattle. is this is why Hitler. One of the numerous reasons Hitler should never have attempted to open a front by invading uh, Russia. <clears throat> you know yeah. the way he did. Ditto yeah. here. Don't bring don't bring your German techniques. To Stalingrad, buddy. Well, because you know they don't bring the, your don't bring your helicopters to Seattle because they're useless here. They had the wedding at like a swampy strawberry farm. You know, I'm sure that when the <laughs> Hollywood people got out there, they were like, "What? This is the wedding? Like it's all, a it's raining and b what what is it? There's strawberries all over. I wore a floppy hat for this. The wedding was performed by Lemony Snicket. And what was crazy <laughs> was that's a very no disrespect to mi, to Ms. D. That's a very Zoe Dash thing it to do. Really was everything was, and you can Ben get Herman like in his in the, you know trying to like make it in yeah, the yeah, not yeah. make it in he's not he has no aspirations to be a star. He's got a he's new to, he's got a new life. He's got to yeah, like adapt. He's trying to accommodate his wife, and so John Krasinski is in his. Wedding party. He's one of his men. You know, you've got five men or whatever. And he's got Nick from his band. And he's got, you know, he's got, uh, he, he tried to do like Seattle and, and LA mixed together. And so naturally, sure. I, my place, my natural place in that wedding party was taken by John Krasinski. There wasn't that if you're going to put three LA guys in there, you got to eliminate three Seattle guys. And, and so you're trying was, to build a team. You need, right. you know, this is what makes New College interesting. It's what makes the X-Men interesting. You don't want everybody to be the same. That's not the point. You want to mm -hmm. mix. And in a good wedding party, there's going to be a mix. But especially if you're making a gesture to show that you're adapting to this new world, you're going to have to push out a John Roderick for, you're going to have to substitute your Johns. Yeah, that's right. You need a John Krasinski instead of a John Roderick. And I understood completely. And I was like, John Krasinski is a very cute guy. Well, they should like let you it. do the wedding then. Well, no, Lemony Snicket was doing the wedding. I understand. So, so we're there at the wedding and, uh, and there are so many famouses, including the girl from, uh, what's the one where she's a, she lives in California, but she discovers she's a princess, um, mm. princess diaries. Uh, and that, uh, actress the, is called uh, the one, the Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Anne Hathaway's there. <clears throat> and I'm thinking like, Oh, I'm going to dance with Anne Hathaway. But this was a period of my life where it looked really weird. I was missing a tooth and had mm -hmm. long hair and I just wearing a bow tie. Is that I mean, what you look like when you met, uh, the, the lady from community or did you look different then? Oh no. Then I had recently cut my hair too short and I looked like. I don't know. But what you I, look like a man I, who could talk about architecture in LA. Yeah, but I also kind of looked like a club bouncer in Switzerland. Like there was, uh, I don't know what the, it was a bad look. Okay. okay. Anyway, sorry. That was in my period where I was like, oh, I cut my hair. It looks pretty good, except I'm going to do it again <laughs> a little you keep, bit. You keep, if memory serves, one of your challenges is you keep iterating the hair uh, 3 a.m. or so. You'll wake up and go, maybe I need a little more of a trim. That's right. So anyway, no, no, so no Hathaway for you. At the wedding, during the whole afternoon, it's raining a little bit, but Krasinski's on the phone. He's walking he's around. I mean, I'm sorry. He's a groomsman, like yeah. on the phone. He's on. A, he's on the phone. He was good. He stood up and did a good job. I was hoping he was calling in an airstrike. Well, no, I think he was doing some LA business, or he was talking I, to I somebody. I get the feeling he's an LA business guy. I, I have a John Krasinski anecdote too that makes me think he's very much an LA business guy. Well, and that's the yeah, that was the thing. So he did not 
So it was, it was very clear that he was always kind of standing outside the reception with a finger in one ear. What better way to bring L.A. to Seattle than to have <laughs> the, the substitute groomsman on the phone and talking so, points and back end and whatnot? What's crazy is that there's nothing at the, you know, at the time, I don't know, who knows about Seattle now, but at the time there was nothing less Seattle than walking around a, a swampy strawberry farm with your finger in your ear doing L.A. business during somebody's wedding. And it was, and so later, Ben, when he tells the story of his, his, you know, two year LA sojourn, he says, I should have known, I should have known when Krasinski was on the phone during my wedding, that this would never last. <laughs> to tell you. This Barzini all along. Out of loyalty, out of loyalty, whenever I hear his name, I spit on the floor. You spit on the floor. He spits on his own floor. I don't. Not a little, not actual spit. No, but no, I, do no a I understand. Li- I do a little, it's like a little Greek gesture of like. No, I understand, and, but like it's, know, a, you're, it's support. It's it's a, a Seattle strong. Yeah. If he showed up here, I'd be nice as could be. I'd offer him a coffee. I'd say, come sit down. Would you like a Telecaster? Have a five out of the bowl of fives. Mm-hmm. But I would not. <laughs> but I would at the whole time be like, mm, what are you going to do? You got a phone call? Yeah, you should, you should put one of those phones. You can get it at a hardware store that's got like a, uh, a phone from the 90s and a buster over it. Just no cell phones. A buster? You know, a buster. A buster. A buster. Like a, a no buster. fat chick symbol? You know, oh, like a, oh, like a oh, ghost yeah, buster. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I like a buster. Okay, I got it. I got it. A buster. Don't be basic with me, John. You know what I'm talking yeah. about. A big red buster. It became, it became well, popular in the 70s. And, and then Eddie Van Halen had one uh, on his guitar cases that said no fat chicks. <clears throat> I, I remember that, but I did ghost, not know. Bu- ghost buster, I think is what I, when I started anyway, calling it a buster. Wow. Because there's, a, there's, a, there's that line. It's like in a Janet Jackson or a TLC song. It's TLC. It's a. Uh, it's uh, we don't know. Want no busters? Oh, I see. I see. Mm-hmm. A, bust, a, a buster's a guy who checks his phone at a Seattle wedding. Yeah, uh, that's right. Uh, so, and then of course I've got that other problem with the guy from the from that show. So I got the one guy from that show that I like, and then I got the John Krasinski story where I kind of spit on the floor a little bit because he's on the phone all the time. And then the other guy. What's the other guy's name? Oh, uh, his name's, uh, you're talking about Dwight Schrute? No, 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 no. The third guy, he's not one of the main characters, but he's not one of the back. man's Harry Lime. Uh, you're talking about in the, in the office? You're you're thinking of, uh, another one like Steve Carell? No, 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 not the boss. The, he's like a third, he's third wheel. He's the, and he's some kind of Yale, he's a director. Oh, 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 Ed Helms? No, 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 no. Uh, Is this somebody who was a performer on Talon on the show? He was in the uh, the Tarantino movie about Nazis called Inglorious Bastards. I love that movie. And it was him, the the one that's on the office that's also in Inglorious Bastards. Oh, I know who you mean. You're talking about yeah, yeah, BJ yeah. Novak. BJ Novak. So Sound good. I, have I I've told you this. <laughs> that was that was my that was my Brad Pitt as the guy from Tennessee oh, impression we here again. Fake accent. Sound, sound good. So when I Aldo. first met Millennium Girlfriend yes. at the Elon Musk party. That's the one I left. Where you were there. I was drunk and I left. And then you were like, I'm drunk. And you punched out some back door that I didn't even know was a door. <laughs> we, you were right there. I was talking to you. And then I turned around. And I was there was like, not, even a whoosh, not even a whoosh sound. <laughs> How did he even get out of here? This, <laughs> is, a, this is a closed system. <laughs> That's what I said. Bye. Is he in the attic? <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> so, so you missed meeting Millennium Girlfriend because that yeah. happened at the end of the night. I had dinner with her when she had great eyebrows. So she and I were talking for the very first time. And what, what's crazy is when I think back at it, she had ironed her hair. So her hair was black and absolutely like bored straight. And then, huh, but her it actually has a little hair, bit of curl to it naturally, right? It's like Gina Lola Brigida. Her uh-huh. hair is all this crazy, like Basque mess of hair. And I never Put saw your hand her hand in. You can't get it hair. out, you know? But so I'm talking to her and I'm like, so anyway, uh, what's your story? You know, just making conversation. This is before we fell in love. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, well, you know, I'm just the, the, the lawyer for medium and uh, just at this party because whatever, uh, Ev Williams something, something. Oh, that's, I forgot about that. So Ev, sorry, yeah. Ev would be there. Ev was there. And... Of, oh, and there, so there she got she was she was high enough bags. up there that she kind of got invited along. She was the chief counsel of Medium. She was Ev's right hand uh, girl Friday, or the one that was doing all the the law the lawyering. Yeah, yeah. And so so I was like, well, I'm impressed. You know, that's impressive. <clears throat> and uh, but you know, I was not. I'm never the type to like uh, like suggest even to somebody mm-hmm. like, oh, let's have an, a romantic assignment. Did you, ever, did you say anything like, hmm, you ever watch the OC? Hmm? Nope, never did. <laughs> That's right. Have you ever, did you, did you huh. by any chance buy the Christmas compilation of OC tracks? Because huh. uh, Christmas uh, with you is the best. You might remember this tune. Yeah, like, oh, uh, if, you know, there's a kind of car out there that uh, I was almost in, almost in an ad for. Almost in an ad for one of those they cars. They paid me yeah. for it. They didn't use my music. <laughs> but so at you some had a point. a beer ad at one point. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it was the beer ad that we, we got paid for but didn't air because oh. I was very conflicted. Like, oh, was fire, what's in Fire beer? Island bought for something? Yeah, and it was, it was actually used in a Fiat ad. So if she okay. had seen the Fiat ad. Thanks but, again, you know, Tony. Nobody, nobody could. Nobody sees nobody Fiat ads. Today has not seen something that had the long winners in it because we papered the world at the time. But anyway, at some point, she just drops into conversation. Oh, yeah, well, my boyfriend is BJ Novak. So that's wait a minute, Millennium Girlfriend. I'm so sorry, John. I swear to fucking God, this is the first time I've heard this. The woman who used to be at your house and who stole all your underwear, your filson German underwear, and your filson bags had great that's eyebrows. Right. Yeah. She at the time was had was had a little tete a tete with with the the actor from uh, from Inglorious Bastards in the Office. According to her. Benjamin Joseph Novak. Novak. I'm I have guessing. No reason to doubt it because he was constantly blowing up her phone. Through the oh, our entire relationship, he's sweaty. Like, he's sweaty. What he's the sweaty. fuck? Is really? Going on oh here? no, you shouldn't. Have I was said like, that. Yeah, you want me to beep so, his name? No, no, no. That's fine. That's okay. fine. He's. Got, are there any other names you want me bed. to beep beep while we're here? Could you want me to beep say Zoe Deschanel? I. You know what? It's all okay, right? It's like all in I the say, show. I'm an open book. Now that doesn't mean everybody I talk about is an open oh, book. Oh, that means if their name happens to be on a page, Hakuna Matata. You know, I'm a gossip. Now, you're not necessarily a gossip. Most of my friends aren't a gossip. No, I'm. I'm. I'm the. I'm the anti-gossip for sure. But that's one. Maybe that's one reason I'm not an open book. The thing well, is, part of being an open book is you say, this is a book and it's open. With me, I say, I'm not even going to tell you whether I've got a book, so we don't yeah. need to worry about you looking looking at my pages. Yeah, and you remember talking to Dan. It's like he never even read a book. Dan's just like, I got nothing to say about myself or anything. So you met at the party. But I, so, But the thing is, it takes a village, and one of the things mm. about a village is there's a, at least one person that's gossiping all the time over a fence, and that's me. That's one of my jobs because I'm a hermit. Wife. And I, John I, is I, the I fish wife. <laughs> I live out on the edge of town, but when I do come to town, I want to hear about everybody's business. I love the word fishwife. 
So anyway, so uh, and I'm like oh, BJ uh, Novak, huh? And I'm does that mean that people myself, also bring you the gossip? It means that you're the kind of person who will parcel it out in a way you think is appropriate. But that also means, like, if I want to feed something into the system, you go go straight to the fishwife. I'm not trying to ruin anybody. No, that's not the point. BJ you're an open Novak book, John Krasinski. But they're just Hollywood guys. They don't even have real so far. So far, the people lives. from the office are not coming. Is it Rain Wilson who's a behind? Rain Wilson. I is had a, a friend named guy. Jeff in college who was a behind. He was wonderful. Yeah. Oh no, and, he's and, a but he was. Guy. But like, it's one of those neat Funny. religions. It's almost like if Unitarians were a little less suburban, where it's like, no, we actually do believe in stuff, but we don't bug you about it. But yeah, if you want to talk about stuff. it, you're going to discover it's actually really nice. If you want to come to my book reading, you're going to hear all about it. It's open. And Rain loves rock and roll too. He's like a Yep, yep, yep. But so so I'm he's thinking funny. I he's funny. Millennium girlfriend at this bar, Hodgman's there, uh, you know, Elon Musk is hanging from a meat hook or whatever. I don't know. There's lobsters, a whole table full of lobsters. Free lobsters. Take them home. Free lobsters. <laughs> They're in the gift Take, bag. How many lobsters do you want? There was there was some chef in a in a in, in like a white jacket that was apparently famous and everybody was like, "Yes, chef." And I, if I said his name, <laughs> No, 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 please don't. I like, like it better not knowing. I like it yeah. better not knowing that there's somebody you might have seen be a judge on Top Chef who was also yeah. hired to dispense lobsters at Elon yeah. Musk's house. He's like, you want a lobster? He's all he's all sad. You want a lobster? Take it. I don't you know. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't pay I, for him. They gave me 50 grand to stand here in a in a hat. But uh but so I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm never gonna see this girl again because she's BJ Novak's Ivy League lawyer girlfriend who runs the whatever, I guess, medium. And so yeah. I'm just trying to get back to the hotel, frankly, I, because I got a flight tomorrow. <laughs> I find out where my friend Merlin went. <laughs> and where the hell did Merlin go? <laughs> He's not answering his phone. <laughs> Hello. This is an ad for my new eBay store. My eBay name is Morgan Rides Free, which many of you will remember was my hobo name when I was 17. Morgan Rides Free. I made it my eBay name when I first signed up for eBay in the 2000s. Someone told me then that you should never put your real name on the internet because uh, people are weird. And I took that to heart at first. And so my eBay name is Morgan Rides Free. All one word, Morgan Rides Free. Uh, I've been buying things on eBay ever since then. I have a 100% positivity rating but I've never sold a darn thing and now I'm starting. And if it's a success, I'll probably walk around the house and just pick up everything that isn't nailed down and sell it. Uh, but I'm starting out with some vintage extra large menswear, as you might expect, and I'll branch out into other things. I don't want you to feel guilty for me or buy things out of a feeling of obligation, but if you are, someone between the sizes of 40 and 48 and um, like to, or you're someone smaller than that, but likes to wear baggy clothes and boyfriend sweaters, then Morgan Rides Free is the place to be. Thank you, everyone. I'll see you there. And, uh, and at some point, uh, we're, we're parting company and I say, oh, well, you know, it was real nice meeting you uh, and so forth and so on. And she goes, well, how are we going to stay in touch? Oh. And I said, I said the same thing I always say in that situation. I say, I'll find you. Don't worry. I'll find you. Which is my way of saying, let's mm -hmm. let's not pretend we're going to stay in touch. Well, the woman can decide whether that's a threat or not. Well, you know, like, yeah. I, it, the world is big. I know where you work. You're, And I'll call him and say, the girl with the ironed <laughs> hair who's dating BJ Novak. 
but boy. I'm not going to. Right? Uh-huh. I'm not going Just call the main switchboard and start asking questions. <laughs> ding, You're a regular ding. Columbo. <laughs> yeah, if you know the party's extension, press one. And so I say, I'll call you. And she says, bullshit. And she grabs my phone <gasps> and she puts her phone number in John, it. John, it's no wonder. It's no, she's, I, just, I want to state for the record. She's yeah. kind of, I don't want, see, if I say my type, I worry that people think that I'm a horn dog. It's mm. no, it's just like that. I can tell as somebody who never had a latent period and has liked girls forever, not mm-hmm. for penis reasons, but for just mm-hmm. like, I like girls reasons. She's sure, my type. Like she's girls. my type. She's really, she, she's really adorable. She's pretty, she's beautiful, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. she's also ridiculously charismatic. Well, and much, so, much like your, your, your daughter's, as you know, I've stipulated your daughter's mother or partner is one of the most charming people I've ever met. I, I, I could have a crush on your mother's daughter. She's absolutely that type. And if, when I, at, when, if she grabbed my phone or if, if Millennium Girlfriend grabbed, grabbed my phone and said, bullshit, I'm going to put in my number, forget it. I'd yeah, be, I'd be at the end of a line. I had I had lunch with Travis Morris from, like from the dismemberment plan. You remember Travis? He stole your chili, and well, he did later. But at I'm one still point, mad at sitting, pitchfork. still mad at pitchfork. We were having a lunch somewhere, and he <laughs> leans over the table and he goes, "You know, you know who's the stealth foxiest girl in Seattle?" And I was like, "Who?" And he said, "Sean Nelson's wife, Ariella." And I was like. Oh, the st- and he was like, she's just like no, nobody even notices because she wears. There's ever been an coats. episode of this show that might be played in court. This is it. So anyway, hmm. she grabs my phone, puts her phone number in, and then calls herself mm, right and, in front of you. Yeah, and then my <laughs> phone number comes up on her phone, and she goes, "There you go." You know, here here's she your. Did she enter a name? Did she enter a name? A contact name no, for no, her? No, like, does she have like a funny name? Like you know, something cute? Not even a funny name. Nope. She does. She put she a real name in because she's going back into the party uh, to go. I don't know what to dance uh, with the with the Cirque du Soleil. Dance the night and away. And so Hodgman and I go outside. We're waiting for whatever car he called, whatever suburban with ground lights on it or something. And <laughs> uh, and we're standing there, presently. and my phone buzzes. And I look down, and she has BJ. texted me. It's BJ Novak. It's BJ He's Novak. standing across, standing across the driveway, looking you dead in the eyes. He's, he's like, "Fuck you, man." No, she sent me. I can the find wedding people ring too, emoji. A what? She sent me the wedding ring emoji. What the fuck? As a text. What? Oh, exactly. This, oh wait. Okay, hang on. Now, this is this is okay. I'm fifty. I thought it was fifty eight. I'm fifty seven. I'm yeah. old. If somebody yeah. sent me what you've described as the wedding ring emoji, and I read yeah. it as the wedding ring emoji, yeah, I would think it's about weddings. Does that mean give me a ring, as in like a metaphorical oh. ring? Oh, that never occurred to me. Because that that's a that's don't be careless with people's emotions. My goodness, what an odd thing to send to a man. Well, that's so a very sh- confusing. You know what that is? That's a test, John. How you? Oh, I don't you know, know what? You well, get a she wedding was a little ring? drunk. But I, I showed. I was a big drunk was like, at the time. What the fuck is this supposed to be? And he looked at it and he was like, uh, I, I don't know. And I said, BJ Novak's girlfriend just sent me a wedding ring emoji. <laughs> and he goes, I don't know <laughs> what to do. You put with it that way. <laughs> and I, and I was like, good. Uh, uh, <clears throat> so I went back to the hotel. And uh, the next morning, we started texting, and by the end of the next day, we were boyfriend and girlfriend. Uh, was she like had? In, you shouldn't say by that. By the we can't next tell other people. We, we oughtn't tell other people's stories here. But I'm curious. So, is it fair? Can I? Can I derive if 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 eighty percent of what you said even is true? Can I derive from this probably that Millennium Girlfriend 
was in the midst of extricating herself from a relationship when she met you? I don't know. Because it probably but, you know, wasn't going great if it was over. She in less lived than 24 in San Francisco. Hours. He lived in Los Angeles, but she was initiating a relationship <clears throat> with someone who lived in Seattle. So it's not like that he lived in L.A. and she lived in San Francisco. That's, that's a lot not closer together that's not than Seattle. That's totally normal. Yeah. No, it's absolutely 100% normal. Normal thing for a lawyer to do is have a, a three-city-involved breakup-slash-relationship situation. Well, and I'm sitting, in the, I'm sitting at the gate, at the Delta Airlines gate in SFO. <clears throat> yeah. And I'm texting with her, and she's like, well, I guess we're dating. I'm not even out of San Francisco yet. I've only seen her the once. The last time I saw her, she had ironed hair. Hmm. And I'm like, I guess we are. And then, you know, we went out for right. whatever, that eight, was, that, 18 wait. months. My, when's the next? When's we the, almost bought a house together. When's the, when's the next time you saw each other uh, F2F? <laughs> well, I had just bought the GMC RV. And so I was like, uh, I was driving around Seattle. <laughs> it's like a mental illness. It's like a mental illness, 1,000 piece mental illness puzzle that turns yeah. out to be like completely incompatible, but you still try to put it together anyway. You just bought, and this is a, this is what a time when you were, one doesn't say undiagnosed, but you just decided, mm. hey, I want a GMCRV. You got one. And I was driving it around Seattle like it was my daily driver, <laughs> like just driving around streets and like going to the grocery store. Like that store fancy mall stuff. we went to a couple times, like mm -hmm. right, you know that one that's like a multi-story nice mall. Like it would be pretty yeah. hard to, for for an ordinary, let's put it this way, for an ordinary person, especially somebody who wasn't from that area, to know. And a GMC, just just to be clear, there were two models of that, and you had the big one. I had the bigger one. <clears throat> it's a beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful one. I have photos of my kid and you in it. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's when you brought me the cello. Mm -hmm, you decided mm -hmm. I needed a cello, so you brought me a cello. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we went cello. and toured. We toured your vehicle, yeah. and it was very purple and uh, kind of moist inside. Sure, there was a lot of purple, and it was a little bit moist. Yeah, although that's a, a trigger word for a lot of people. Oh, sorry. It's it had, no. smelled. It smelled craveable, <clears throat> and and it uh, was very moist, and it had a sort of purple nappy feeling to it. A lot of it. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so Millennium girlfriend says, "Well, now we're dating." Well, can you imagine getting picked up for a date? You've broken up with BJ Novak. You're ready for a big night on the town. Yeah. So she says, I'm going to come to Seattle, but I'm going to bring a friend because I'm not so sure if I'm not, you know, we've, we've never even really seen each other in the day. Yeah. So I'm going to bring a friend as like a wingman, a little bit of an escort, just to chaperone us to make sure that it's not weird. Mm -hmm. And I go, okay, all right, sure. So they, they get an Airbnb on Capitol Hill. And they fly up here, and I come to pick them up in the GMC RV. At the airport? Uh, no, she oh, said, good. don't pick good, us good. up at the airport, good, good. pick us up at the apartment. Okay, good. And so I come to the apartment, and I pull up out front, and it's my ex-girlfriend's apartment building. And I go, that couldn't be weirder. I didn't even know they Airbnb'd it, but it's my ex-girlfriend's apartment building. Hmm. And they say, okay, we're coming out, we're going to meet you on the front you know, in the front. Well, the GMC RV takes up the whole street. So they come out and they get in and her friend gets in a seat, a chair, and she actually sits on the floor at, and then, and with her like head on my knee while 
were driving around the neighborhood. This is the first time you've first, first time, time you've I've... seen each other since Elon Musk's house. She sits next to you. You're in the captain's uh, console. captain's chair. That's the, right. The, the cop. The, you're in the cockpit, yeah. and and the lawyer that you met He's sitting Elon down Musk. on the on the transmission hump or whatever. Mm. Well, then we end up. We drive around. We go to a sushi place. We come back. We go into. I, John, their I'm apartment. sorry. I'm still. Stu- I would find that a little distracting. Well, it was very distracting. But you always drive. But, You're a good driver. Well, thank you. Yeah. And it was uh, it was like, oh, right. Well, here, our relationship is off to the races. Yeah. Well, we she, get She's not back. afraid to set a tone. No, she's setting a tone. Yeah. Absolutely. We get back to her, uh, her their apartment. We go into the building. They're renting my ex-girlfriend's apartment. Okay. Which I painted and... Like I'm, I'm walking around the apartment. John, and like, your well, cells I, were I, in there when they arrived. <laughs> I painted this. I painted that. You had DNA like, in that room when they arrived. You notice the floor is blue. Mm. I painted the floor blue. I'm walking around the place, and I'm like, well, I haven't been in here since the day I broke up with my ex girlfriend, and now here we are on our first date. It was very, and then oh, there's a knock on the door. It's the landlord, who's my friend Ben Beres. And he walks in and he's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I said, oh, well, my, my friends, uh, Peren, new girlfriend and Peren, are uh, the ones who are uh, airbnb it from you. And he's like, boy, that's a, that's a great story we'll tell for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we still do. We tell it all the time. I don't know what she told BJ Novak, hmm. but he didn't stop. He didn't stop sending her uh, wedding ring emojis. So, I don't know. I don't think they're back together. She got married. That doesn't sound... Millennium Girlfriend married somebody else. Oh, okay. I missed my chance. The window closed. She Boy, stole all my... That's a lot of material for me to... This is almost all new. I mean, honestly, almost all new or so updated that it might as well be new information to me. So, it's a, mm-hmm. I mean... And, you know, we're friends, so this is a lot for me to process. And mm-hmm. when you process new information as an adult, when you're whatever I am, 57 or 58, when you do that, basically, if you, you want the mnemonic is to remember that I, I'm the same age as the Super Bowl, Super Bowl. So if you like Roman numerals, you can always know how old I am, mostly. Oh, 57 or 8. Yeah, and about every three years, I remember that, which is not a good sign. Because, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I really I should always be the same age. Because sometimes I'll go, wait a minute, that... Michael Stipe's that age, and I was like, yeah, th- we've always been around this same age compared to each other. And I, I remember that sometimes, you know? Well, see, now that helps me because Madonna and Prince were both 10 years older than I was exactly. Okay. So every time somebody's like, whoa, Madonna, can you believe it? I'm like, okay, that's where I'm going to be in 10 years. If Madonna is doing that now, That's a I really good way to future. look at it, John. Yeah, 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 that's right. And I used to do that with Prince, but then at a certain point that didn't work anymore. Because I didn't, because I'm already older than Prince was when he died, I think. How old was Prince when he died? I bet you are. But, you know, it's just, it's weird, like, you know, having a kid, you give a viewport. You you know this as a person who grows up, if you've ever known other children. And then, when your kid has friends, like a good example, you know, actually, your kid and my kid. No, wait, Merlin, you are the age that Prince was when he died. I'm still two years younger. so good for him. Yeah, so he lived to be 57 or 58. And what was it, he took a a drug that... uh, It was drugs. Do you remember what kind of drug he took? Uh, Some kind of sleeping pill. Was it the Michael Jackson drug? I really need to learn the name of that. Oh, you know what it was? He had tremendous pain because of all those uh, James Brown splits that he did. All of his ankles and knees and everything were just totally wrecked. Yeah, sure. And he walked around in pain, but he couldn't 
he couldn't stop mm. for whatever reason. When I when he played in Seattle, he played this incredibly loud rock set at this tiny club, and and I remember being like, first of all, overwhelmed by sound, which was not you know when you go to see My Bloody Valentine or Massive Attack, you want to be overwhelmed by sound. When you go to see Prince, you want to hear the the song. So I was a little bit, mm. but then I thought. Why isn't he sitting on a stool playing an acoustic guitar? That would be the greatest show. If Prince did a tour where he sat on a stool with an acoustic guitar and yeah. played his Because he's, he's, got, he's got the chops at both oh. of those things. Well, he's a great performer in writ large, but he's a, he's a really good singer and he's a really good guitar player. So, like, he could do arrangements that would, well, let's just say it would be a lot more interesting than when Eric Clapton did that. I bet it would be incredible. Sit at the piano, do do some numbers, and, and if then, he did if he did play play Layla or Tears in Heaven, it would probably be a lot more interesting than those arrangements. If he did, if Prince did Tears in Heaven, oh come my on, God, come on, it'd be the end of the world as we think know about. It. Like if he did it kind of in the style of I can never take the place of your man, wouldn't that be amazing? But he never chose to do that, and I think part of it is, if you recall, Prince was always very reticent about about talking although he's i think incredibly smart very smart you never yeah. see him on stage being like so how's everybody doing tonight he's not a banter guy <clears throat> no he's just like he he sounds like he's like he's shy. got bits like he'll go like if he wants to say beloved we are gathered here like he's he's got something prepared but he's not going to be up there like making fun of sean nelson per se no, exactly. And and this thing about sitting on a stool with an acoustic guitar is what you're doing. You've got to be storytelling, right? He's got to be standing up there like, yeah, let me yeah. tell you about He's got to do like a Ray Davies or a Richard Thompson kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. What, when the water was warm for Lisa, let me tell you the, how that water got warm or whatever. And we'd all be because, like, tell us more. Because Wendy was peeing in the tub. But he is not a gossip. That's the thing. Prince is not a gossip like I am. So he's not going to tell stories about his friend's wedding. So many, fa so many facets to everybody. Everybody's got facets, you know? Yeah. But anyway, I uh, I think he I think he died because he was taking the medicine because he All was right. such a hard dancer. I, I didn't mean that. that might have been Michael he Jackson. Danced, he danced hard, and I, I don't I don't want to drag it out. But it is a multi piece puzzle. This is a, a lot to put together. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. You, I, I mentioned before we started recording my uvula is, is yeah. a little bit swollen. The reason I keep clearing my throat after yeah. every time after I say something is because if you can imagine what it feels like, like you know, like when you got a cold and you got uh, post nasal drip. And I you always got to like clear your throat because you feel like you're going to vomit. Now imagine that, except that little punching bag is actually hanging so low that it will occasionally just touch Ooh. the back of my tongue. Oh, so I feel no. like I'm going to vomit all the time. So you're hanging low, is what you're saying. Your but little, your little ball. I don't sack even know. Yeah, my, yeah, yeah, yeah. Down yeah, the back yeah. of your throat. Yes, yes. And my my mouth scrotum That's is. Gross. Uh, yeah, well, you know. Cough due to cold. What is? What, why? What's <laughs> happening? What did you? I think it's because I suck. I think it's because I suck. I might have sucked too hard on something, and maybe mm. I, I. I think that probably expanded it. I've been eating yeah. a lot of ice cream. That could be it. I don't want to make this about me. I'm trying to put all these pieces together. One time, I was, I and my family were at had were kind enough to be offered a visit to Pixar, and we went with a friend of mine who's mildly famous and his family, and he had to. This is apropos of nothing, but I remember my kid was, it was before, um, what's the one with the red hair with Merida? Is that Brave? Not Brave. What's it called? Uh, Merida with the red hair one, the Scottish girl? And uh, the bear? I brave? don't know. I want to say Brave. I have no idea what you're oh, talking brave. about. Oh, it's a Pixar movie about a girl in Oh, Scotland. a Pixar movie, yeah. <clears throat> Anyhow, because I remember there was a, you know, Pixar like decks everything out in like their upcoming movie. It's really cool. It's amazing. So anyway, we're there and we're walking around out on this like outside area near where the lamp is. 
And my friend who's mildly famous goes, oh, I got to go talk to somebody. And he kind of, he gets hailed by somebody. See, but you're not going to say who your famous friend is because you, because you're not a gossip. You don't want to say like, it's not, oh, it's, it's not important to the story. It was lonely sandwich. What's important to the story, such as it is, is that he kind of, the guy, the, this, this tall man kind famous of friend. waved at him. And I, I kind of thought, oh, I, know, I think I know who this guy is. I had not seen a lot. I had not followed the TV program that he'd been on at the time. I became a yeah. fan later. It's Jim, okay. it's Jim Krasinski. And my semi-famous friend jogged over, talked to him for a few minutes. In was he famous kind of, enough that Jim Krasinski knew uh, oh, who he was? Uh, no, no. I, I imagine see, they, see, they'd see. met doing things. And, you know, in Hollywood, I don't say Hollywood, in L.A., if you work, yeah. like, you just run yeah. into people a lot. Well, I think. Oh, yeah. oh, like, yeah. if you're in no, the no, business. True. No, I'm not trying. I mean, I'm not trying to steal valor. But, like, if you're somebody who's been on TV shows, you get yeah. invited to things, you run into other people, and you do a lot of that, what we used to call Zibba Zabba. You do there's sure, a ton of zibba don't you think there's a lot of zibba zabba? And like oh, I don't know how well I don't know if they've eaten like broken bread with one another's families, but they seem very cordial. And then my semi-famous friend kind of jogged back. And, yeah, and, if you're if you're standing in the in the lobby of the Chateau Marmont, and uh, the guy from The Fly comes in and starts playing the piano, Jeff Goldblum. Suddenly, you saw Goldblum. Everybody playing <gasps> the piano in the Chateau. Oh, I love him so. Much. He sat he he sat down so and everybody was like in so many ads for the big game last night. He was in a lot of ads. There are uh, there are a very very limited number of people that you're going to be happy if they sit down on the piano at a, in a hotel lobby and just start. Doing Nothing a in show. this world would make Billy happier than running into. Probably, I can't think of anybody over time more than Jeff Goldblum. Probably, yeah, yeah. Like and, his, his good his good luck thing that he you know like sometimes you take something on a trip is is an Ian Malcolm is a is an Ian Malcolm from Jurassic Park doll oh. action figure. He's a boy. Yeah, uh, it's a he's a wonderful performer, and uh, you know maybe Steve Allen. If Steve Allen, oh, that would have been great. You know, apart from his whole thing with being mean to Elvis and being kind of a dick about rock music, apart from that, you know, we wouldn't have David Letterman without Steve Allen. A lot of people no, we would know not. that. No, so, we. I think Letterman not. has been very clear about this. There, in addition to specific bits that he lifted from the old Steve Allen show, the whole idea of what he's doing started with Steve Allen. Yeah, and yeah, to an extent, well, the whole idea of what I'm doing started with Steve Allen. Eh. Let's be honest. What a gossip that guy. You don't think it was Charles Nelson like Riley? Believe. No, come on. Stop with that teasing. I saw a documentary with Bruce Valanche in it recently, and it didn't remind me of you at all. Stop teasing. You're I'm not such teasing a anyone. I'm not teasing you're, anyone. You're teasing me by saying Bruce Valanche in the same he, sentence. You know, as he me. was a, he wrote. He was a writer on the um, Star Wars Holiday Special. I can only imagine. I never. Well, the thing is, the thing people say about Bruce Valanche is not is not that funny and, and very not 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 nice. But I don't dislike Bruce Valanche at all. I think he's, he's hilarious. I think he's he was, funny. He was as taking hell. the piss though. He was definitely taking the piss. Well, he's but like he's one of those. He in a weird way. We were talking about L.A. and Hollywood a minute ago, and I'm not yeah, entirely sure of the distinction. But but anyway, like if you think about L.A. Confidential, like the character that Danny DeVito plays, the guy who writes for the, like the gossip rag, he almost uh -huh. like he almost reminds up like sort of a Truman Capote, sort of like that. But somebody who's like outside, like the center of the system, like Bruce Valanche is no like Ava Gardner. Or anything, but like right. you know, he's uh, he's seen a lot of shit go by in that. Town. I think if he walks into your party, that's oh when you God. know the party is going off. Oh right? my and God! I, Can you imagine? I bet you who? No, it wouldn't matter how big of a star you were. If Bruce Valanche is there, then you know that you're that big of a star. I mean, to me, he uh, this is this is a very this is a gross exaggeration. An extreme example of this would be Hunter S. Thompson, but a lesser example might be say Charles Bukowski or. Um, Philip K. Dick. 
Like if you were somewhere mm-hmm. in Philip K. Dick rolled up in the 70s, mm-hmm. you'd just be mm-hmm. like, oh, if you were a certain kind of person, you would just be, holy shit, is that Philip yeah. K. Dick? Like, you know, that kind of character where you're like, I just, I almost didn't believe this person was real. And yet there's so much a part of my life. You don't know how big a part of your life Bruce Blanche is until he rolls into your party wearing a funny t-shirt. Well, it's like Dick I Cabot, bet he cuts his uh, own hair, too. I was always talking about um, about Karl Marx or whatever. Bruce Valanche uh, did that? No, no, no. Uh, Dick Cavett did. He he oh. couldn't he couldn't get off the. the oh, you're talking about? The, I thought you said Karl Marx. Yeah, Groucho Marx. No, no, he's obsessed. He's he's. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was gonna say Richard Marx, but yeah, uh, Car- uh, Groucho. <laughs> He was he was uh, a little he, dancing uh, man. When we did when we did that uh, that show at the uh, Chateau Marmont, he was always talking about Groucho the whole time. Groucho this, Groucho. I used that. to I I was I became aware of that tick of his, and I became a little cynical about it. But honestly, the more things I watched about Groucho, and the more things I watched about him and Groucho, mm-hmm. the more I came to appreciate. The, you know, for a younger person, younger than us, younger than we. Um, it's it's difficult to like understand like what a, what a big thing people like eh, Dick Cavett uh, say um, uh, who's the English guy that interviewed David Frost like but people like or for that matter like I was trying to tell my kid who didn't care we were watching the Truman Capote thing on Hulu and I was like Truman Capote is a kind of character you don't see as much anymore which is like it doesn't matter if you've ever read a single page of Truman Capote you totally know who he is and you vaguely understand why he's famous but. You know, he was he was like like everywhere, and those kinds of characters, you know, used to be around. I always thought they that was going to be what happened with you. I thought One I thought the, you well, would, I mean, still, no, 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 no. I meant in the sense of you'd eventually we'd eventually get tired of you, and you'd be like the center square. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, well, that could also happen. Uh, I was watching Dick Cavett interview Orson Welles uh, just a couple of days ago on YouTube. And uh, it was one of those rare interviews with Orson Welles where you're like, this guy's great. He's not being a right. dick at all. No, no, he's no. Being, he, no. He was talking about Winston Churchill. And I guess uh, if you're Orson Welles, you can Orson be a dick Welles about everybody. Orson Welles is funny as hell. He's, he's awesome. Very funny but he's guy. a dick to everybody, except you can't be a dick about Winston Churchill. You can't be like, oh, yeah, Winston Churchill's constantly bugging me for uh, advice, whatever, career advice. Mm-hmm. It was like, no, he actually had a nice a nice anecdote about Winston Churchill. And at that point I realized I knew Cabot or no, or knew and Cabot, uh, knew, uh, Orson Welles and Orson Welles knew Churchill. I'm only three kisses away from Winston Churchill. Oh my God. That's such an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. If I kissed Cabot, he kissed, uh, uh, Orson Welles, Orson Welles kissed Churchill and it's, there it is. Right. There could be a little bit of Winston Churchill in me. Oh because my God, you're it, right. You know, everybody shook hands. Every yeah, single the, one of those. There might be some Neville Chamberlain in you too. Well, I guess Churchill probably sh- shook hands with Neville Chamberlain, and Neville Chamberlain sh- shook hands with Hitler. Oh my God! Holy, this good is taking Lord this is taking now. a turn. I read some. I read something. I, I by, by which I mean I watched a YouTube video that makes me think we've been a little hard on Neville Chamberlain. Yeah, that we turned I, I him into kind of like, like the the way that Neville Chamberlain has been turned into the goat. And the the fool, but right? not the greatest of all time. You mean the goat, like in the in the Charlie Brown sense, like Derek Jeter, yeah, or oh no no, fuck that guy, Derek like Mariano. Not a, a fuck goat. no no, I take it back. Fuck that guy, Mariano Rivera. Oh, Mariano, like Rivera. a legitimate goat. No, I see what you mean. Yeah, okay, but I, you're not you're not saying that because we are hard on uh, on Neville Chamberlain that we've got to reevaluate. Hitler. I think part of this. 
Am I saying that? I, I don't know. No, I don't. Think I, so. Well, no, I, I don't. I mean, the thing is, I'm an open book in a lot of That's ways. That's what this show used to be about, right? I know. This show used I'm not to an open book that. in the sense that you could scribble in in a way that makes it seem like I'm an idiot. Um, but, it, you know, it's still, it was my book. You're the one who scribbled in it. Not you. You over there. <laughs> right. If you scribble in my book, shame on you. Yes. If I <laughs> scribble in your book and you scribble Can't in be my scribble. book, <laughs> shame on me. <laughs> I think that's how it works. This is a, it's a big puzzle. Oh, gosh, I have so many things to tell you about. I know. I know. But you got to save your uvula. My uvula, uvula is still... <laughs> <laughs> um... Do you ever miss the GMCRV? Uh, no, because of the moistness. It's pretty moist, but also like when I ask that question, you are, I think you, I could even tell I feel like you knew the way I meant that, which is like, yeah, because there's a lot of people who miss the idea of something, yeah. and those people are often they're not living you know very self reflective lives. If you always yeah. miss the idea of something, you'll never be happy because you also have to go like, well, I miss the idea of that, but I don't miss. Like, for example, that time it kind of pooped out on you with the family in it on a road oh, in Northern more, California. More than once. It caught on fire, let's be honest. All right. Well, a fire a fire is going to it's gonna leave a mark on the idea of something. Yeah. Well, you know, the but other people day, love the idea. John, do you agree, though? People I tell me you agree. Do. Don't people love the idea of something? Yeah, they do. They really do. And I, I was at a funeral the other day of a, of a really nice guy, and everybody loves him. And I thought it was going to be a small funeral where there were like 10 people there, and we were going to mm -hmm. celebrate the life of this man. And I got there and there were 900 people there and the governor of Washington gave a speech and then Paul Giamatti got up and read a poem his father had written hmm. and broke down in tears in the middle of the ceremony. Oh, that's so and sweet. I'm, it was very sweet. And I'm sitting there thinking, wait a minute, Paul Giamatti's not going to speak at my funeral. And in fact, everybody hmm. at my funeral is going to get up and say, uh, say some roasty thing about what a dick I was. Finally, finally have like, a chance. <laughs> this is, this is like, the, they've been keeping they've been keeping this powder dry for years. Yeah, right? they all got stories about some dicky thing, and so I'm sitting there like, wait a minute, you know, I've I've wasted my life, and I think to myself, who do I want to speak at my funeral? And I'm sitting there thinking, and I'm mm. thinking about everybody that's going to wow, be lining that's complicated. up. Complicated. Yeah, they're all going to be lining up to speak at my funeral. Because you have to also you have to bitchy. plan it before you die, so you don't know how things might go between now and then. So you have no I way think, of knowing. I think to myself. Oh, wait a minute. You know who I want? It's mm. I want Kristen. I want Kristen to speak at my funeral. She is so literate and so smart and so good. And, uh, you know, I haven't talked to her in about five years because I'm not sure something went sideways with us, but I'm going to text her right now in the middle of this funeral. You're thinking good old Kristen, and there's something about Kristen, I'm guessing, that makes you think, I don't think I know who this is, but, it, but it's somebody that makes you think like, oh, that that's a person who's like well-rounded, uh, where we used to use mature. It's somebody who's yeah. got it together and would be able to get up there and say something that would make the audience feel good about being there on the day at on a time after John died, like somebody who could yeah, pull it off regardless of like what else was going on. Exactly. And she's going to say something for sure. Like John was a complicated person and you know, not everybody. And from time to time and you know, one thing you got to know about him, she's going to say all that stuff. But in the end, it's going to read like a poem and everybody's going to say if like we did about my friend who died, if Paul Giamatti gets up at your funeral and reads a poem that his father wrote and, and gets uh, kerflemped about it, you've got to be some you've ha you have to have <clears throat> made an impact yeah. on the world. But differently, so that's going to be hard for you to top. I text Kristen in the funeral and I go, look, we haven't talked in like five years. I've got to talk to you. <laughs> you turn into a regular Kaczynski. <laughs> 
I want I want you to you know to be ready to speak at my funeral and to have something maybe prepared. Yeah. But you know to like to like uh, and she writes back and she goes, uh, she says you know basically at first she says what, and then she says something to the effect of no. And then she says, I know something to the effect of no, something you read clearly as an, like an unambiguous, that is not going to happen. Yeah. And basically, um, basically like she, because she's somebody and I, you know, I see this a lot where, uh, I think maybe it might be a little, we've talked about it before, a little yeah. bit of a gender difference hmm. where it's like, I don't want to still be your friend. Oh, shit. And sure. I'm like, well, is this somebody we, who used to be a lady friend for a while? Oh, for years oh. we were, and she was a playwright and a so okay, gifted, little, so smart. Mm. And and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, uh, well, we'll be friends forever. And multiple times over the 20 years, she would have that to say to you, other, she would have to say no, and I don't want to talk about why. That's what yeah, she would have she, to say, and exactly I know it right. wouldn't work, but that, but she should have said no, and I don't want to talk about it, and tell you why, and and don't ever contact me again. And the, and the thing is, over the 20 years we've known each other, she's done that four times. I don't want to talk to you <laughs> it's Apparently, it's not working. And, and I have said, well, but seriously, though, yeah. come on. Come and on. she has gone, ah, okay. And then we, then Do you remember what we like had? A, Do you remember we, what we yeah. said about forever? But then we would have three years of great collaboration. You know, she's like, what? You know, so, and then something would happen. Like, she would get married, and she God, would I say, I don't, you, if it's, it's Shaw, done, I don't, want, I don't want anything to do with you John, anymore. John was a complicated person. <laughs> And so I'm at this funeral and I'm already sad. I'm already very moved by all the speeches and everything. And then she's on my phone saying, no, really not makes, only really, will I not speak at your funeral. It really makes but, you think. <laughs> but thanks for calling. Oh, my God. The, uh, the, the, delete the, this the, number. The fragility of, <laughs> of life, John. You're this sitting like, there with a phone uh, in your hand talking uh, to an ex who has just said, no way will I talk at your funeral. I won't no. even get up and say something nasty at your funeral. No, I'm do, I'm I'm, well, I'm you're blocking at a funeral. you. As soon as I'm done with this, I'm blocking you, you and I'm like hoist, hoist exactly, by your own Krasinski. <laughs> exactly what I thought my funeral was going to be. Exactly. Uh-huh. This is my funeral. You're already you're already roasting me at my funeral, and I'm not even dead. Was she willing to like recommend someone else? No, she wanted nothing to do with the whole. She didn't say, and, and yet I'll put a good word in with you with Kristen Shaw or something. And she would not put a good word in. Oh, jeez, for for me or with me. Do you think it's a dead end? So, Will you return to that? No, I don't, I'm sorry. Not she, she. I'm not saying she exists as a dead end, but in terms of the purpose you have here, do you think that's something? Will you will you explore? Will you go back in five years for for a reason to her, to, to Kristen? Do you think? Is it going to be something where I'm at an art gallery or a theater event or a college something, and oh, she's yeah. there and I walk over? She, she's and her, say, she and her kid are looking at colleges together too. Oh, and I'm like, uh, hey, and she goes, no. And then, and then walks away, mm. or is she gonna go? Ugh, okay, or is she gonna go? Hi, I don't think she's gonna go. Hi, I think she's gonna do one of the other. Like, throw, throw her wallet at you and run away. I don't just know. Take it. Just I take it. You know, or just like pick up a phone, take a picture of me right in my face, and go no, and put yeah. no under it, <clears throat> or say like not today, Satan. Yeah, and then yeah, put yeah, it yeah. put it on TikTok. Do you have any backups? You got anybody? Have you started? I mean, I have to imagine that even at that moment. I don't know you well, but yeah. it seems to me at that point when you hang up, you're going to be, um, you know, steaming a little well, emotionally. No. And no, no, I'm not saying you're just just mad, but you'd certainly be a little bit. Bleh. And like, did sad. you start? Sh- did you open a notes document and start making a list of people you might want to contact? Well, this is what I'm wondering. I already have a notebook paper, a piece of notebook paper with the names of my ex girlfriends and little check marks by them if they have told me no. 
don't ever contact me again. So you, and so you it's mean, starting you to fill an, up. An up to date index. You're running out of running out of women. Is, Somebody, does it need to be a woman? I mean, is there is there any value? And I would I I would hate to, I would not really say this publicly, but do you think there's any value in covering the table a little bit? Might it be smart for you to contact perhaps dozens of people and and just well, get get them ninety percent there, and then like as they start falling away over the years, the checks get added to the list. There's still like four or five that, by the, God forbid, the time you die, there's still somebody who could show up at the funeral. Do you know how many how many boys are on the piece of notebook paper where they're not going to talk to me anymore? It's like check marks all oh, the way down. There's boys on there too. There's a different page with all the boys. It's PJ like Novak you know, in there. PJ Novak. Uh, yeah, he's not ever going to text me again. I'm no. not even going to be able to send him a wedding ring emoji. But you know, think about all the names. What about Chef Lobster. All of, Did you ever follow all up with some Chef of Lobster? my greatest friends? They're oh, all over there man, with check marks John. next to them. They're not any of them no. going to speak at my funeral. <sighs> my funeral is going to have Ben Gibbard telling some story about what a dick I am, and like four other people, four other baristas around here who are like, ah, he was a good tipper, but Jesus, he could talk. <laughs> complicated it is it is